0: Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. Okay, well welcome back to Clean Slate we are excited to have some uh guests in the studio today uh we have jill who is a regular and then we have her daughter and granddaughter so we have reese and carson Hi. (laughs) so reese welcome to the show thank you i'm so excited that you're here so tell us about yourself your mom always speaks so highly of you And that you have got all these fabulous ideas and these great businesses that you have um, started. And so just kind of maybe, you know, tell us your story from kind of the beginning and, well, not the very beginning. (laughs) She was born... It was
1: a cold Friday in August. Um, (laughs) So as far as my entrepreneur journey, I guess I'll start there. I started my first business, which is Barking Bad. It is a dog training boarding company. I love the name. name Thank you. We are huge um, Breaking Bad
0: fans (laughs) in the Dean household. So I totally love that name.
1: Thank you. Um, I, you know, racked my brain for a long time and couldn't come up with anything else. So Mm -hmm. I started Barking Bad basically out of necessity. I had just had Carson, so Carson was a newborn, and um, I needed to work, and I did not want to go to work, so mm-hmm. I decided that I would, you know, try and use my, the skills I had between my ears and start this company, a lot of it at the encouragement of my mom, and from there, I just started doing, you know, private lessons with people, and, it grew on its own. I have, since then, my, Carson's dad, has started a trucking company, which I also do a lot of the back end for. And we're looking on expanding Barking Bad as well. So, it's been a long four years. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what I love about
0: people starting their own businesses is, well, it's good and bad. Because I, I see that is. You control everything Mm -hmm. and you have to, you you have to execute every aspect from the advertising to the budget, to payroll, to uh, client acquisition, Mm -hmm. to the actual, you know, execution of what it is you're doing. And it's just like, you get spread so thin and on top of that, you're a mom. Right? It's like... If that was the only thing you had to do, then you could dedicate, you know, 24-7. But then when you're trying to raise little humans, that adds an extra layer, which is so fascinating. And not to discount dads, because dads do a lot. But let's get real. Mm -hmm. Um, Moms do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We we are the psychiatrists. We're (laughs) the shoppers. We're the... The diaper changers, for the most part. I mean, it just it mm-hmm. it goes on and on and on. And then, but the other side of that is, you don't, you're not punching a clock for somebody else. Right, exactly. And you're not putting a cap on your worth, because mm-hmm. when you're punching a mm-hmm. clock and you're saying, I am only worth X number of dollars per right. hour, and mm-hmm. you're um, that's very limiting, right? And that's what I, I love about the entrepreneur of of you know where everybody in this room is mm-hmm. right now is that we're able to grow and and see the potential that
2: we have in ourselves,
1: right? Yep. Yeah. And
2: I think um, Reese's when Reese mentioned that I had encouraged her and the um, you know just to to sit out and get this business started, you know she's always been into horses. She was worked at a barn for a very long time, was a barrel racer, competed, um, won titles, very good with animals in general. But correct me if I'm wrong, you did watch a lot of Caesar Milan. <laughs> yes, uh, I was
1: um, the queen of Dog Whisperer. Yes, yeah, she oh, was the Dog yeah. Whisperer. So
2: when she says, you know, she has this dog training company, it's not just like... You know, sit, stay, come, that kind of thing. This is like behavioral modification, which mm-hmm. is um, which also kind of spreads into the family and the owners of these dogs because that's what was so interesting about what she does is she really understands dogs' behavior and why they do what they do and how to undo those those habits. But it is all very dependent on the owner following through with what Reese teaches. So she's not just training a dog; she's training the human. The human as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's real interesting. And then since she's been doing it, I've picked up on some of these uh, Dog Whisper episodes and watched mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, yeah, she's just the female version of him. She's very mm-hmm. good. That's uh, awesome. At what she does. And, and now, if you want to speak to your new...
1: Yeah, what's the new, new thing? Yeah. yeah, so the new thing is going to be a... It's an extinction of Barking Bad, so it'll be Barking Bad Mobile Dog Gym. Um, it is a... Climate controlled trailer that comes to your home, and we have slap mills. Slap mills are basically self propelled dog treadmills. They offer a little bit of resistance, so they're able to control their own pace, right? So your dog may walk, your dog may trot, and most dogs sprint as fast as they can on the slap mill. It's a great outlet for all dogs, but particularly the behavior modification cases I have. A lot of the time, those behavior issues that owners are seeing are due to a lot of frustration and lack of fulfillment in their dogs. So this is a great way to easily provide that. After the first session, you don't even have to be home because honestly, most people with regular working schedules can't feasibly fulfill a working dog. And we, I'm sure we all have friends that work full time and have a German Shepherd or Mm -hmm. a Pit Bull or any type of high energy dog. And it's just it's just actually logistically impossible to fulfill them and have a full-time job and then add your family to it. Unless you're willing to change your lifestyle for your dog, you might start seeing some behavior issues. Um, Even in the ones that we don't see behavior issues, they really enjoy it. So I have a dog who is an angel. He has no issues at all, never has. And it's just one of his favorite things. He can run, he can take a break when he's tired and walk, and then when he feels like it, run again. He can hold a toy, he can not hold a toy. But I'm really excited to see my previous client base and new client base come through and be able to utilize that for their dogs. And I think they'll see a big change in behavior just from that alone, even without the additional training, which of course, if you're having behavior issues, I highly recommend. Yeah,
0: well, and maybe weight loss. That's true. Well, we have
1: yes, <laughs> much weight loss for all the obese dogs.
0: Maybe I need to be on that thing. <laughs> it hasn't worked for me yet. So. <laughs> well, I think I'd love to be um, one of your first clients because we have a chocolate lab. Um, I will say he has torn both of his ACLs, mm-hmm. but we never did surgery, and the vet did say he may repair himself and he ended up doing that oh that's great yeah so he still can run and but I will say like on wet grass he Mm -hmm. can he tends to re-injure himself with these slides and Mm -hmm. could my dog who's had injury be okay on something like that
1: sure so um it's a yes and a no because it's case by case right so your particular dog if you um haven't seen any other issues other than the sliding and maybe re-aggravating the inner injury I would recommend it because it is you know they're pulling straight they can only go straight so a lot of times those soft tissue injuries or ACLs are from from slipping or turning quickly um, generally speaking I would recommend someone in that situation get their vec- vet to clear them first right just for higher intensity exercise but yes it's still a great tool I even have senior dogs, older dogs who get on there. Now, are they sprinting for 30 minutes? No, but they have a great time. They go as fast as they want. It gives them something to focus on because they have to move it. I also challenge them by, you know, they learn to slow down on command, stop on command, and go again on command. So, it can still be a really good tool for a dog like that. I just generally would recommend if your dog has had previous injuries to clear them with your vet first.
0: Yeah. And to me, it, it almost seems like it would be physical therapy. Yes. Because you're
1: right. She's pulling straight
0: versus, you know, making right. hard turns or anything like that. And it
1: is. And for a lot of dogs, I actually, um, a company in Australia who does the same thing, I just saw her posting a dog that she has with a deformed front leg that the vet did recommend or their whatever professional recommended that service to help that dog build strength in its deformed leg so it can be a great service for physical therapy case by case of course
0: and i just think it's especially these high energy dogs it's it's the right thing to do i mean they were born created to 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 do certain tasks genetically speaking and it's like if we keep them in the
1: house all day doing nothing this is why they shred the pillows right exactly (laughs) that's where all destructive behavior comes from really is lack of fulfillment and while you might get away with that with some lower energy dogs or some dogs just happen to adjust really well um, most dogs aren't going to be that way and I think for whatever reason the general public hasn't been um, educated well in recent years about having dogs we get dogs like German Shepherds, labs, working dogs, dogs that were bred to do something Mm -hmm. and we put them in the house and leave them there and wonder why they're destructive or you get an Australian shepherd and it starts hurting your kids, biting their ankles because it never leaves the house. It doesn't have a job. So it found one. That's where it all really comes from. So I'm hoping people will be able to recognize and we'll be able to market this service as a way to help prevent that. And you know, hopefully fulfill these dogs some more because I love seeing these working dogs really fulfill a purpose. You can see it all over their face when they feel like they've done something and accomplished something. It really makes a big difference in their overall behavior. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. I totally see that in a correlation to, say, a traditional classroom.
0: This is why you have a lot of students that act up and act out. Exactly. Because they're bored. Precisely. And it's spe- especially when they're super intelligent and they have the ability and the capacity to to do beyond what's happening in the classroom, that's what happens. They right. they act up. They bite the ankles.
1: Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens.
2: Yeah. And that's interesting because Reese is also looking into homeschooling as well. So,
1: yes, I see similar problems um, in my children as some of these dogs. I'm looking into homeschooling Carson. Carson is my first daughter who prompted the start of Barking Bad. Carson is currently in a school program with a church locally that does half days. She does very, very well there and we love the program. She is in pre-K, so next year she is due to go to kindergarten, which has brought up the homeschooling prospect. I never thought I would consider homeschool. I was one of those who thought homeschoolers were weird and why would you do that? Um, (laughs) But I also didn't thrive in public school. So um, for whatever reason, I had that, you know, contradicting belief that I actually preferred public schools to private schools as well. I just thought you'd get a more general idea of what society is going to be like. These are the people that you will be with and... Um, I had cousins who went to a private school and I remember growing up thinking like, they're so sheltered sheltered and and they don't say, but, and they're (laughs) weird and you know, they're my best friends now. And they were then as well, but that's just what gave me that perspective. So to go back to Carson, Carson is an extremely intelligent child. And I don't just say that because she's my own. She is also a high energy as we would refer to it with the dogs. And she loves to explore. And because Carson is so smart, sometimes she doesn't do as well in very structured environments like school. Like if Carson has a question about something, she wants to truly understand the answer. You can't just give her a generic because I said so or it's just this way because it is. She wants to understand the why of things and can get very frustrated when... Someone doesn't have time or patience to explain that to her. So that brought us to kindergarten. And I just knew there was not going to be any way on this planet that she will sit at a desk for eight hours or six hours or five hours. Whatever it ends up being with their breaks and their recess. And I knew that she would be labeled a behavior problem because this is exactly what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I always understood well in school I didn't really struggle with the concepts of any subject other than math but generally speaking I could understand the education but I could not conform Um, and that and I never did I went all the way through high school just fighting school every step of the way until I stopped going and started doing online school I didn't want to see that for her because I feel like it created a lot of frustration in my life that's carried over to now because I just never felt able to express myself or I love it. To this day, I love exploring, right? And I just never got to do those things in that setting. So I want her to not have those same ailments. I don't want her to be labeled a behavior problem. She's a super creative and smart girl and I want her to be, seen as that and not made to feel like she's a behavior problem because Mm -hmm. I to this day struggle with that a little bit I always feel like I'm bothering someone doing something wrong talking too much you know the things you get told in school you're talking too much etc so that's what led us to homeschool and Carson will be doing that and hopefully Carson's grandma will be helping us with some curriculum because Mm -hmm. I will need that help. I think that was the most overwhelming part is how am I going to, I have another son as well. I have to take care of him. I have this business. I'm launching another business. I run her dad's business. Um, How am I going to also be a full-time teacher? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's a really good thing to get into because I think that's what keeps most people that I talk to Um, I have a cousin now who says I'd love to homeschool my kids but I I couldn't and she if I could she certainly could yeah Yeah,
0: I I think um I think so often that the perception is you've got to be good at all these subjects and in society has done an excellent job at making you feel completely inferior right and what does that say about their own system?
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Public school taught me, but I can't teach anybody. Yeah, right? so yeah. It, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, and I, I hear that even from certified teachers. I hear that from degree professionals that, oh, I could not, I don't know how, I, you know, all these things. And the reality of the situation is, uh, yes, you can Right. It was happening for thousands of years right. prior to the modern um uh, education system. So it is it's such a um a bag of goods they sold us,
1: right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, me and my mom have had these conversations about um you know, I went to 11 years of public school and I left very unprepared for the world. I I didn't know how to do my taxes. I didn't know how to budget. I didn't know how to change my oil. I don't know how to do life skills. Right. I felt like I i had started working full time before I finished um, high school. But even in the work environment, I just felt so unprepared and like, this is what I'm supposed to be transitioning to, Right. what I'm in now. But I'm learning all of it on the job, right? right. I, I wasn't pre-prepared for this. I'm learning on the job. It didn't, I felt like I wasted a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot of math that I've never used again, not to say that it's not useful in some capacities. But I just felt like instead of learning pre-calculus, if you would have taught me how to do my taxes, that would have been a lot more useful for me. Mm-hmm. Or how to keep a house. Right. Or, you know, what to do when your sink is leaking. Just life yeah. skills. Pra- yeah, practical yeah.
0: stuff. It's so funny. One year, I did teach a life skills class for high schoolers oh, in the homeschooling co-op that that we were in. And I brought in professionals. Mm-hmm. I brought in a um, state farm agent to talk about the different types of insurances that were mm-hmm. out there. Um, what is, you know, what's a deductible? What's right. a premium? What is... You know, this 50, 100, 300. It's like, you're right. Why is that? Mm -hmm. I I do have a... My conspiracy theory in me is that... Or theorist in me is that they want you reliant. They want you to depend on other people. The results would show that. Yes. Because why would you not teach... Every American, if we're gonna, if we all have to pay taxes, you require it. Why
1: would that not be required? Mm-hmm. I and, don't know. It baffles me. I I don't understand it. And, um, you know, realizing that is kind of what opened me up to homeschool and what we could do. I'm not the most book smart person to ever live, and I like we've talked about. I don't do great in structure, so. That makes me nervous as far as being a teacher to my daughter. But what I realized is that if Carson just lived my life with me, she would learn a lot of life skills. So, Uh, Carson's working on starting her own YouTube channel, which she will be, you know, helping with budgeting. And if tax time comes and Carson's made enough money to do taxes, she'll do her own taxes. We'll do it together. Those type of things. Carson helps me take care of animals now which i think is a great skill to have to be able to nurture and care and not just that but be able to read animals really helps i think be able to read people mm-hmm. in other situations and i people have confronted me with oh so you're not putting her in public school because you think she'll be a behavior problem so you're avoiding the problem to which i answer that Carson's going to learn and I've had to come to this conclusion with a lot of feedback on from other people because I've been greatly concerned about all these things, of course. But when we go to museums and we go to different public places, Carson's going to learn how to conduct herself appropriately in different situations as opposed to sitting down and shutting up, which is never going to happen. They told me for 11 years and I have not yet.
2: Right. <laughs> so
1: it's just not going to happen. It's not helpful. It just creates frustration. And she will actually learn how to be appropriate in these situations. And even now, while we're sitting here, Carson's getting a little bit frustrated because she's had to be quiet for a very long time. But she is trying very hard to be patient. This is not something that she would be able to practice in school. She would either be doing a task to keep her busy and quiet, or she would be reprimanded for not. I love those opportunities because again, it's more realistic. When I go to my job, no one ever told me to sit down and shut up and I probably wouldn't have stayed very long if they did. It's not, it, it doesn't prepare you socially to either go be an employee or if you wanna be an entrepreneur or doctor or whatever. It just, I don't think that even prepares you socially with how to act. Um, in those situations because I struggled with those things as well for a little bit. I've always, my parents did hammer in being respectful. So I've always been able to manage that aspect of it. But for a while, I had a really hard time carrying myself in professional situations because I felt like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be sitting down and shutting up somewhere. Like, Like, why am I here? I felt very... Imposter syndrome are out of place in a lot of these mm-hmm. situations, especially once I started growing my business into protection dogs and that's a whole different industry of people that I had to network with and, you know, create partnerships with and it was hard for me to have the confidence to present myself as an equal to these people because I just had never been treated like that in any situation. Mm -hmm. Even prior to starting my own businesses, the jobs that I had, you know, were very entry level and almost as close to sit down and shut up as you can get in a job. So I just feel like you're unprepared in all ways with the public school system. And while some people can conform and it might be well enough, you know, For them I think everyone could you know the individualized education is is really 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 valuable because even between my own two children they're completely different Mm -hmm. and engage completely differently Um, so I'm excited to give them the opportunity to engage with the world how they naturally would and channel that to be their best self because again not everyone's an employee right Right. And I hadn't I learned zero things about what it means to start a business, how to get an LLC, what it means to be an entrepreneur, what a P and L is. That's been a pain. <laughs> so I can relate to that. Yeah. And it would have helped my business a lot because now I'm having to do a lot of catch up because in the first two, three years I didn't do a P and L. I didn't keep up with my expenses very well. I wasn't having huge cash flow, so I could kind of just take a standard deduction or something and just move on. And now that, you know, we're, our businesses are getting, you know, to have higher cash flow and more expenses and things need to be tracked. I'm again at the place where now I'm teaching myself things that I could have learned. In right. those 11, 12 years that I spent in the public school Yet system. Joanna
2: can relate. Because we've just been going through that with your business. Oh my it's gosh. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I mean, talk about sending me over
0: the edge. You know, I, I'm just like, I know I'm not an idiot. But. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. But it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. But I think the greatest minds of this world would have never, ever been able to sit in a traditional conveyor belt education system. It is, it's, I don't think the majority of students um, are built that way. I think some are. I sure, think some, sure. I mean, it's like, and, and we all know them, those that were just built for the classroom. Right, oh yeah. And they, they are our future accountants and yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. number crunchers and things like that. And they, and I actually, I loved school, but for a different reason. I did not have a home life that was extremely encouraging, and I don't want to dive into that, but I got my words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I got my all the positive feedback from my teachers because right. i I wasn't a troublemaker and I loved i I, I just was seeking approval from mm-hmm. somebody right and i used my sweetness and uh gentleness with my teachers and oddly enough they i think they gave me great grades mm-hmm. and gave me a false sense talk about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that i was like this i thought i was brilliant <laughs> but i and then you once, got to georgia tech and you're yes like, what in and name? i got i got my my hiney kicked oh, big no. time um <laughs> and, and Vicki and I talk about this where I either was the dumbest smart person or the smartest dumb person, but I was not supposed to be there. Right. And that's <laughs> when I really felt like I was a renegade because mm-hmm. I was not willing to do what they require of right. their students. And I'm like, this is way too hard. I right. don't think I want to go down this road. Right. And it, but it was all for good at the time. It was right. devastating. Sure. Um, yeah, but every single move I made positive or negative propelled me in the direction that I was ultimately supposed to go. And, right. And I do. I, I think God gives us gifts. Oh yeah. Each and every one of us has been given a gift and so many of them do not fit in a traditional classroom exactly i I think every human needs needs that homeschool um individualized education Mm -hmm. because you would just hit it on the head when you've got two or more kids you're going to find their learning styles different their um capabilities are different right their passions are different and i think that's the ultimate goal of homeschooling is right tapping into what is why are they here what's their purpose
1: well and i'm glad you say that sorry mom to cut you off but that's such a good point in my own story too is um while i had the opposite experience and struggled every second of every day through public school um it was not because i wasn't capable um or intelligent enough I never felt like I was really struggling with material but I never kind of like Carson I didn't get the point right I didn't see why I would do that because one of the biggest blessings in my life is that I have always been very clear on my passion and direction which is ultimately animals generally speaking but also I, I knew I didn't thrive in that type of environment I I didn't know I wanted to be a dog trainer when I grew up, but I knew I didn't want to work for someone or have to be anywhere at a certain time every day. And so I just felt like I was rebelling against you trying to take me away from what's important all the time. I wanted to be at home because, you know, not to hang out with my, my brothers, but because my dog was at home, I wanted to train my dog. And my little poodle I got when I was three years old probably knew 55 tricks. She was... You know, the coolest dog ever. And then when I got into horses later in life, that really, to be frank, drove me away from school more because I felt so much more fulfilled and useful. I ended up running that barn, managing that whole barn, teaching lessons. And I went from, you know, never riding a horse to that in about two years. And then also able to compete at a pretty high level for my age so it just if you know if I could have been homeschooled and that would have been nurtured because at school I felt like the weird animal girl, right? Mm. You know, I just wanted to play with animals. If there was a stray cat outside, wanted to go pet it, if there, you know, anything like that. And school felt like a distraction more than it's like something necessary. It's like,
0: what's your purpose? Why right. am I? Yeah. And I've got a son that very much was like that. And he goes, I just want to study what it is I want to study. Right. I don't want to do all of these other things because I, and he knew I'm not going down that career path. Right. And I'm, I, he's like, I don't see myself
1: in college. I don't want to do four more years of this. Right. And I never knew exactly what my, career goal was I everyone always wanted you know you're gonna be a vet you're gonna want to grow up and be a vet because if you love animals that's the only you know field open to you is veterinary medicine and I knew I didn't want to do that because it had way too much math (laughs) and so but you know I remember frustrating the hell out of my mother because I did know I did not want to go to college I never intended to go to college I never even let on like I was going to go to college But I didn't know what that meant for me. So, you know, outside of high school, I tried a couple of regular jobs, property and casualty insurance. I worked for State Farm and Allstate, and I also did um, property management, managing HOAs. And I was miserable. Yeah. It was miserable. And so to be, that to be the majority of your time spent, and then you try and do things that, you know, make life worth living outside of that, it just, it became backwards and i had to completely reset my life really from that point and just you know decide i've got to figure out something that i can do that can make money because i do have to make money that won't make me miserable because this is this it just wasn't a life worth living to be dreading every next thing right? right
0: well you know you triggered a memory that i had from a book that vicky and i have talked about so john taylor Gatto. he was the uh new york city and new york state teacher of the year and at his acceptance he quit (laughs) and he wrote a fascinating books uh about one was the underground history of the public education system Mm -hmm. and he called he called it like the mass oh what was it um Weapons of mass instruction is what he called it. And he said the real heroes, the real heroes in his eyes were the ones that just couldn't tolerate it anymore and dropped out of high school. Mm -hmm. He goes, those right there, those are the ones you keep your eye on because they are bucking the system. It's like Mm -hmm. their body will not allow them to conform to this madness Mm -hmm. of of the modern education system it's like their act of rebellion he said he goes those are the real heroes Mm -hmm. those are the ones that have they they can't help themselves they
1: have to break out right and that's exactly how i felt and what ended up happening because i went to online school for 11th grade and, you know, I was working basically two full time jobs and not going to online school instead and ended up getting my GED in the 11th grade because I just wanted to move on. Yeah, I just wanted it to be, you know, I couldn't be truant because I had to have my license because I had to go to work, but I also couldn't do it anymore. So I just went ahead and got my GED and I was and de- I wish I would have done it earlier, honestly, right? Yeah, there's a lot of students that I have helped that were not of age,
0: right? But um, I had talked to you know the parents. It's like this is not a bad thing. No, this is a, a a path that's available, and it's not exactly a cakewalk of a test. I mean, you still have to prepare for it, sure. And there's still a lot of education that goes into being able to to pass that thing. Mm-hmm. So. I don't look at that as an easy way out or anything. And I do. And I'm like, talk about teaching to a test. Let's talk about the one that actually can get you launched in the direction. And like you said, at, at a, a quicker what rate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think it's all, there's so many paths to take. And uh, I commend you for taking. And like, a, like what John Taylor Gatto said, it's like, you're the hero of this <laughs> story even though maybe at the time you didn't feel like it. Oh gosh. Yeah, but it's yeah. like wow. And You're i are welcome. Yeah.
2: This this podcast has made me feel like complete crap. Why?
1: No. no. I mean, it's the path that's presented well, to everyone though. And like she said there's multiple, but the way it's presented is there's a right one.
2: Well, no, yes, exactly. But then just hearing, you know, Reese verbalize what she was going through and um being you know her parent obviously I feel some kind of way about that and at the time um, not to make excuses but I didn't really know that was an option I was also a teacher so I had to work and I was a teacher who felt like there's no way I could homeschool I don't have the ability to do that right they they hand feed you as a public school teacher what you need to do you're basically scripted right right So, so as far as really Um, conceptualizing skills and how to get those into the kids in appropriate ways I did not feel like I was prepared for that Um, had I even had the opportunity to homeschool and also didn't understand I was just like everybody else who who has to dismiss it because I work or I'm not capable or I can't be with my kids for that long or whatever I was on that train Mm -hmm. Um, well in society I mean that's that's what we've all been told right and, and unfortunately, it's still, unless you can really dive into it, but I think uh, in a in a good slash bad way, what's happening in the public school system today is what's going to cause people to actually look into it, because it's in your face every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's causing a lot of trepidation with new parents who are actually like, Am, is this something that I really want to do to my child? Mm-hmm. And so I, I still look forward to a big boom um in the homeschool i i, th- I think community.
0: absolutely and don't you feel bad for a second because that's your dna right there i mean it, you have produced. yeah you yeah produced, I know. she's pretty cool yeah and but
2: i don't feel like i helped her along the way i feel like i was more probably of a, a hindrance because i didn't understand those what she was going through um and you know, but you know okay. what? That was that was her path that she had to
0: take. Right, mm-hmm. and she is a better person because of it. And for she sure. is a better. Um, she's going to be a better teacher, so to right. speak, right. for her daughter, right. your grandchild. So, whatever you guys had to go through. It's ultimately for her benefit right? and then her children's benefit. It's generational. That's what I love. Mm -hmm. The public school system to me is not a generational gift that you're passing down. It's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. So this is, it's a, you're creating a curriculum that will help Carson in her education mm-hmm. and this is the way we've always talked about it is when you homeschool your kids you're actually homeschooling your grandkids mm-hmm. and because it's that generational right. impact that right. you're making and that's that's yeah. what's so fascinating yeah that's cool great. well this has been fant. this has been the best 40 minutes yeah. I have <laughs> I've loved this you've got to come back
1: yes thank you for having me
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah. y'all have an awesome weekend bye Sometimes we succeed in life, sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.